Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Looking for a different take on parenting hacks? I'm thrilled to introduce to you Justin Whitmill Early, a father of four teaching parents how to create structure from mealtime to bedtime through creating purposeful habits. You long for tender moments with your children, but do you ever find yourself just too busy to stop and make eye contact and say something that you really mean? Daily habits are powerful ways to shape the heart, but do you find yourself giving into screen time just to get through the day? You want a parent with purpose, but do you know how to start? Justin's new book, Habits of the Household, releases today, and I was thrilled to have the opportunity to speak with him about reestablishing rituals, the connection between our children and our habits, and much more. But before we get to the conversation, I first want to thank you all for leaving rating and reviews on iTunes. I keep seeing them come in and we are getting closer to that end of year goal. All the support I have from you guys listening each week, it just is, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. All right. Now for my minimalist moment of the week, I will give you a quick update on the men's game that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I am all caught up. This is the 8th day of November that I'm recording this. This goes live tomorrow on the 9th. I had 28 items in my box for donations and I needed to get eight today and I have yet to do so. I will say for some reason I'm finding it much easier to purge clothes right now. So it's kind of weird to post about all the clothing I'm purging because it doesn't feel fair in regards to this men's game that I'm doing, but maybe there that maybe that's not a rule. I'm pretty sure you can just get rid of whatever you want that is taking up space in your home. Or in my case, it's been my closet and my kids' closets. And then my other minimalist moment, I guess it's not so much a minimalist moment. I've talked on here and I do talk in this episode to Justin about October and how October was just very overwhelming in a good way. October is my very favorite month of the year. I absolutely love the fall and I try to get a ton done in this season. There are a lot of traditions that I like to do with my kids, but on top of homeschooling, on top of the podcast, and then on top of my photography business, which usually at this time of year is the busiest that I'm going to be throughout the 12 months. It was just a lot. And again, you'll hear me go into a little bit more depth in this upcoming conversation. So I guess I tell you guys this because I do have some answers for you when it comes to minimalism, but the answers that I don't have, that's why I have guests come on my show. They share their wisdom with me. All right, I think that's all for now. Here is my conversation with Justin Whitmull Early. Justin, thanks so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. You are welcome. Thanks, Diane. I'm excited because you are, I was trying to count, I'm pretty sure you're the third dad that I've had on the show. So I'm excited to have you here and to give us insight into fatherhood and this new book that you've written. Um, Before I get ahead of myself, why don't you go ahead and introduce who you are and then we'll start our conversation. Absolutely. I'm honored and a little intimidated to be on the short list of dads on the Minimalist Mom podcast, but mostly an honor. Um, I am a father of four boys between the ages of three and nine. I am a corporate lawyer, a business lawyer, fancy way of saying I write contracts and help people negotiate them. And uh, that's my main job, but I do writing and speaking on the side and my books 
so far are about habits and how they change both our personal life and our family life. Yeah, absolutely. And today we're going to be talking about your new one, Habits of the Household. And I want to just honestly, let's dive in. So I know as a mom myself that I feel overwhelmed, especially this month. I feel like I'm really overwhelmed in October. There's just so much to do and get done. But you talk a lot about rituals and creating rituals. How can rituals help in our day-to-day and it just doesn't become another burden to add to our to-do lists? Yeah, absolutely. I I discovered this first as an individual. So what happened, my story is I, after I graduated from law school, I started into this, you know, top tier law firm doing international mergers and acquisitions. And I found there that the slant of life was just towards incessant busyness and complication and screens and emails all all the time. And what happened was I had actually a really severe anxiety crash my first year of lawyering and I nothing in my head or heart had changed I was like a happy I was married I had two kids everything was great so it's hard to figure out why suddenly my body and my mind sort of seemed to be fritzing out mm-hmm. it, and it took a, a while it was actually a really really difficult phase of life almost a year but in the end what I found through the help of my wife and some friends was that I had just assimilated to this um, cultural current of bad habits where I was on my phone all the time, where I was always saying yes to more meetings, where I was always waking up earlier, staying up later, always packing my schedule. And it was totally chaotic. But I think a lot of us didn't realize, I I didn't realize that. And a lot of us don't because it's the cultural norm. Mm -hmm. So what happened to me then was um, I started simplifying my habits by introducing limiting habits. Um, Like I'm going to turn my phone off this hour of the day. I'm going to take a day off work and off technology once a week. I'm going to make sure I have one meal a day of my family. So there were these limiting habits that sounded like rules at first, but what I found in that process was that I was more free and and finally more healthy Mm -hmm. than I had ever been because I was committing to certain minimalistic habits and limiting habits. And it was only a matter of time. And this was my first book project called The Common Rule. Mm-hmm. But it was only a matter of time before that realization started to bleed into family life. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is also so important for my kids. And yeah. that's what really kicked off the second book, Habits of the Household. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, like I said, October has been pretty insane, but it's because I have the podcast I'm juggling. I have another business, my photography business, which people just want their photos when the leaves are changing colors. But I keep we telling myself- We did too. We recently got some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I'm homeschooling now. And so it's like all these things are on my plate and I'm like, you know what? It's just October. It's just October. But I notice how I've fallen out of all my like structure that I've created back in September Uh, I'm unhealthier. I'm eating poorly at night because it's just like stress. And then you're not sleeping as much because I have all this editing, but I'm like, Oh no, it's only this short period of time. But I think that if we, and maybe I'm just talking myself through this right now, but I Mm -hmm. think that if I don't make an effort to, in this last week of October, even try tonight to get back on track, it just bleeds over into the next month. And it's so easy to fall out of habits. Yes. Okay. I, w- I think what you're saying is so important. And I had an epiphany this summer. Can I okay. tell it to you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we were at the beach this summer with my four boys. And um, 
we we put them always in these neon shirts or life jackets so we can spot you know where our boys down on the beach and one thing that was hilarious we went with my whole extended family so there's like 15 of their cousins on the beach we would always notice after 10 or 15 minutes one of my boys the third four-year-old named Coulter mm-hmm. we would see this neon dot floating way down the the shoreline because everybody would play in this pack but Coulter liked to just float in his life jacket and he would you would look up and because of the current of the water, he would be way down there. You know, one of the adults would go grab him and get him. He was just in the shallows, but it was just so funny. He kept leaving the pack and just drifting. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I suddenly realized, I was like, oh, we are like Coulter. Unless we do something else, we float with the cultural current of life constantly. Mm-hmm. Culture has currents and you move with it. And if you look at the, the regular cultural current of the normal American's life, it automatically trends towards incessant busyness, complication, maximalism. It, it, we have to do something radically different mm-hmm. in order to stay in a healthy place. Otherwise we're like culture, we're just bobbing down the current and we don't even know it until months later, right? Yeah. And so one of, the, one of the things that I love about focusing on habits is one, they do act like these healthy rules that keep you in place you know they keep you grounded they keep culture to the pack of the other kids Mm -hmm. they serve as something to hold you in place but habits are also not rules they're norms they're things Mm -hmm. that you can have a season I have a season where I'm on my phone all the time because I have a client who's Mm -hmm. closing a a big business acquisition and I've got to be available to them but then as soon as that deal closes I'm like ah I can fall back to my habit, which is to be off my phone in the evening or to spend that focused family dinner time with kids. And I think habits allow us that, that grace to have seasons where look, kids are hard. Life is hard. Doing great work is hard. Being a good photographer is hard. And you'll have Mm -hmm. seasons where you get drawn down the current, but habits allow you to, they become the norms that you snap back to. And I think that's really the healthy goal in the long run to have those norms that you keep coming finally back to. Yeah. And that was actually going to be my next question is, so in those moments where you do have a client and you are working a little bit more than you normally do, what is your advice to reset? Just to start thinking more about those habits. What does that look like practically for you? Because it is hard. And it, it if it wasn't, if it wasn't so hard, I would have been implementing that throughout October. You know, it's, it's a challenging thing to do. So I'm like, do I just take one step in the right direction? What does it look like for you? It, for me, it looked like a long building phase where I think you allow yourself the freedom and the grace to tinker for a long time. So I, you know, I think both of us are young-ish parents. Like our, our kids are still yeah. under under ten, right? So we have we have a lot of years ahead of us. And I think about the last five years of my parenting as really the place where I've started to figure out what are healthy rhythms for my family. Mm-hmm. And so I say that because I don't want to, you know, tell any of little listeners here that there's some automatic switch that you can flip to suddenly become a good grounded, you know, parent with all the simplicity, but there are real patterns in life that you can practice that over time become those anchors, even in busy times of work. So let me give an example, Um, family dinner and an hour with my phone off every evening. So these are two rhythms that we constantly come back to. I'm a corporate lawyer clients are very demanding but one of the rhythms that i've just practiced over the last five years is that unless there is some crazy crisis i'm going to come home for dinner 
at six o'clock. And we're going to have an hour that we spend together at the table with, with no screens present. Mm -hmm. And we, and we talk and there's in reality, so much chaos to that. Like you have to change your work schedule. You have to organize the groceries. You have to cook. You have to call for crazy young boys at the table. Mm -hmm. But despite all those complications, we're practicing something so valuable for the family in those moments. That is how to be present to each other, how to tell stories about your day, you know, how to compliment people who cook for you and help clean up together. And when I go through busy seasons of work, of course that gets missed sometime, but mm -hmm. because we practiced that background anchor rhythm, yeah. it becomes the norm we snap back to. And it allows the family, the expectation that this is how, this is what a family does. You know, there are certain seasons where you fall out of it, but the normal season is this is what a family does. And I think I look for keystone habits like that, um, that so a keystone habit, um, so psychologists call certain habits that change a lot of other habits, mm. like do this one little thing and a lot of other things will change. Mm -hmm. Family dinner would be one of those. I think an hour with your phone off in the evenings is one of those. There's, there's many others, but I look for keystone habits to really practice and work at because they become small centers of gravity that everything else starts to revolve around. Absolutely. And I want to talk about how the habits that you are implementing and forming as a parent influence your child and how, I guess, talk more about the connection between our formation of habits and our children's formations. Yeah. One of the kickoff realizations that made me want to write this book came during a really, really hectic evening, which is kind of our norm. So I had three boys at the time. I'm putting them to bed. Our bedtimes with boys are exactly what you would expect. There's, you know, there's bath water on the floor, board books are being thrown across the room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're, they're wrestling. And, and I, my default was to turn into this, you know, just impotent general who no matter how much he yells and, and screams, nobody's listening. Mm -hmm. And it just became a weird dissonance. I noticed one night when, you know, I'm going through this frustration of the bedtime routine. And then I want to give the boys a nighttime prayer, tell them I love them and turn out the lights. And it just seemed like I just went from this like wild taskmaster yelling about how if they don't get their PJs on right now, there's going to be, you know, <laughs> severe consequences mm -hmm. to, okay, I love you. And so does God. Now let's go to bed. Mm -hmm. um, and what I noticed that with the problem was that was with me. I mean, children are children, right? Like they're, they need to learn routines and learn how to behave, but it takes a long time. The problem was my frustration. So one of the things that I realized then was that the lack of a bedtime routine was primarily something that was leading me into these rhythms of anger and frustration. And so one of the things that I did in the wake of that, after talking with one of my good friends was, was start to have a bedtime, we call it a bedtime liturgy, but it's mm -hmm. things that we say together every evening to help us calm down speak kind words to each other. So for example, my bedtime liturgy with them that I still do many nights now is I say, you know, do you know that I love you? And they say, yes. And then I say, do you know, I love you no matter what good things you do. Mm -hmm. And they say, yes. And then I say, do you know what? I love you no matter what bad things you do. And they say, yes. And then I say, who else loves you like that? And they say, God does. And so it's sort of like a little bit of a bedtime prayer, but also a way of exchanging love despite what good or bad things happens that day yeah and so I, I share all this because as i started doing that what really changed was not the kids behavior during bedtime they're still kids and that's fine yeah. 
what changed was my expectation of what are we headed towards? Is the goal of this moment to get the lights out and for me to finally be able to go downstairs and turn on Netflix or something? No, the goal of this routine was to get to a place where we could share words of love, encouragement, and a, a meaningful spiritual moment together. Mm-hmm. And th- that started to shape my reaction. And so one of the, my fundamental premises in this book is that our habits form us. Mm-hmm. And that was a good habit that formed me in patience and love towards my children. But what is also so cool is that, and everybody knows this, I mean, not everybody knows that our habits form us and that we're becoming our habits. So that's really important to file away in your pocket. But mm-hmm. everybody kind of knows that parents form their kids and that we, our kids become like us. And so what I love about habits of the household is not just thinking, okay, these are ways for me to practice being more patient and loving, but Mm -hmm. by default doing that, kids assimilate to you and who you are. And Mm -hmm. I can see them becoming more patient and loving in our bedtime routine because I've done the work to do that for myself. And that's that's the goal. We've all seen the images of family and friends relaxed and smiling as they're gathered around a table to enjoy a home-cooked meal, but what we don't see is an exhausted mom deciding on a recipe, combining all the ingredients to a shopping list, rushing to the store to shop only to frequently forget the key ingredient, and all of this before the first pot hits the stove. This actually personally happened to me. I was at the grocery store. I needed a recipe for my half-baked harvest recipe book. Didn't have it written down. Had to end up calling my cousin. She listed out everything over the phone. It just took me too much time when I could have just used the Quick Recipe Companion app. This is a mobile app that lets me quickly sort through my favorite cookbooks to find the recipes I want, and then I can instantly combine that ingredient list from all the recipes into one simple shopping list. I can plan meals and make shopping lists with just a tap. Start spending more time enjoying home-cooked meals with family and friends and less time preparing for them. Download the Quick Recipe Companion app today for free on the App Store or Google Play. It's one app, one shopping list, all you need to get a home-cooked meal on the table fast. Now that's a recipe worth sharing. Didn't I Just Feed You is a candid weekly conversation about feeding families, even for parents who hate to cook. Hosts Stacy Billis and Megan Swan are two food professionals and busy working moms who get real about feeding kids, tweens, and teens. And sometimes they even talk about how to feed themselves. From how to turn nachos into a legit family dinner to the magic of meatballs, solving the after-school snack problem to packing lunch on a budget, they chat with guests from Food Network stars to everyday moms who, let's be honest, are the real experts. Stacy and Megan are not here to tell you how to eat or what's best for your family, only you know that. They just wanna help you get there quickly, affordably, and joyfully. Didn't I Just Feed You is a fixture on the iTunes Top 50 Food Podcasts and is the only food podcast specifically about feeding a family. Find Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can also find Stacey and Megan on Instagram at Didn't I Just Feed You. In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. 2020 was interesting, so let's just do a mental health check-in. How are you really And what do you need right now? Humans are not meant to keep everything inside. It makes us sick and therapy helps. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is that you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. 
BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Minimalist Mom listeners get 10% off the first month at betterhelp.com slash minimalist. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash minimalist. You hit on the idea of maybe that your frustration is not so much them being kids. It's more so that you didn't have a routine. I I have been aware of that in the Mm -hmm. mornings recently, because like I said, I'm not getting as much sleep. And when I'm feeling more frustrated, it's like, wait, our routine isn't as strong or I'm not getting up a little bit before them anymore. I've let that fall. And so I'm more triggered, if you will, by their bad behaviors, but they're just kids. And Mm -hmm those habits are so crucial to starting my day off correctly. And how I like the bookends of the day. I really want my kids to wake up in a happy household. And I really want them to go to sleep in the same type mm. of environment. If I can really be strong with the beginning and end of my day with my habits, I think it's going to make a huge difference. I think you could not be more right. I, so I start this book with a chapter on waking and I close mm-hmm. it with a chapter on bedtime mm-hmm. and all the chapters in between are just the ordinary moments of the day. Like there's nothing new or special here. It's, it's like playtime, moments of conversation, moments of disciplines, how to handle like screen time in the household. Mm-hmm. But what I start with in waking is not what kind of habits should you like have for breakfast or say hi to your kids yeah. or waking them up. I, all the habits I talk about for waking are for parents. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's the idea of, do you start your day with a moment of gratitude or a moment of anxiety, rush and hurry over all you have to do today? Do mm-hmm. you start your day in your phone or do you start your day in silence or reading or meditation? Mm-hmm. And I do that for two reasons. One, because as a practical matter, the, the most important thing about how you start your day is not what the kids are doing, but it's what you're, what you're doing. Are you like, and I, I never feel worse when I get, than when I get to about you know, 20 minutes in the day. And I realize I'm lashing out at my kids because I'm tired because I chose to stay up late or because I'm frustrated because I decided to postpone this project. And I feel the injustice of the situation. I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Why are they paying for my choices? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, those are those kind of humble rep, repentant moments I have as a parent where I realize, oh, my good care of myself and my own habits mm-hmm. is a way, a real, real way to care for them. But the bigger metaphor here is, is just that we become our habits and our kids become us. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of simplifying and building wonderful, beautiful family rhythms in the household are with parents, with, with you considering what does my life look like? Because they're watching. You know, mm-hmm. what do I do on my screens? How do I handle work? What do I do when I'm mad? And how can I these are all instincts, right? These are things that we do without thinking about them. And that's why we need habits because we need interruptive habits. Habits are the small little things we do without thinking about them. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about combating our own impatience, our own tendency towards rush, our own tendency towards screen addiction, Mm -hmm. we need interruptive habits to push those norms in good directions. And that's probably one of the best gifts we'll ever give our family and kids. Yeah. And I think as we're sitting here talking, I'm just thinking of some of the own, my own habits that I need to start cultivating again, just implementing. 
but that seems daunting, but at the same time, it's worth it because it's going to make my days easier. So even though there's like a little bit of difficulty or discipline here, well, your whole day is going to not be maybe not your whole day, but a great majority of my day is going to be slightly easier if I just do this hard part. Yes, totally. I I think the motivation for this stuff is really, really important for people. So as as a person of faith, I I always have a spiritual perspective. And I tell Mm -hmm. a lot of people that God's love for you does not change because of your habits, but God's love for you should change your habits, right? Mm-hmm. So put otherwise, your habits can't change God's love for you, but God's love for you should change your habits. It means it's a your good habits are a response to something beautiful, not mm-hmm. shame. Mm-hmm. And I would say that in on any level. For example, the reason it's worth disciplining yourself into good technology habits, good family meal habits, good uh, sleep hygiene and waking habits are not because you need to be ashamed of your life if you don't do them. And it's, or it's not because like you're a bad person or you just can't hack it. It's because there's so much freedom and beauty yeah. and relationship on the other side of good habits. Like I don't do this stuff to make God love me or to make my family love me. I do this because I love my family. And yeah. I do this because God loves me. And I have this hope that a beautiful life is actually possible. But like, as we all know with exercise, it takes discipline to get there. It's mm-hmm. dis- like health requires discipline and careful choices and saying no to the right things. But why? So we can say yes to all the beautiful things like healthy bodies, healthy family, healthy relationships. So that order of motivation is just really important. I don't want anybody to ever feel shame for all the things they're thinking about right now. We're like, oh, I have such bad habits here. We all do. I, I would not be qualified to write about any of this stuff if I was not such a chaotic, disorganized and mean person. Mm-hmm. But, but I figured out that habits help and, yeah. and there's so much freedom on the other side of them. So that's that's the only thing that qualifies me to write about this stuff is because I need it so badly. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's where I'm speaking from right now, because I do. I talk about this stuff all the time. I'm a firm believer in habits and habit stacking. I talk about and mm. just everything that you're discussing right now and to see myself failing this month and to see myself. I, I don't I wouldn't say that I have anxiety. I've never been someone that experiences massive anxiety, but I was in bed the other night and trying to fall asleep. And I felt like my heart was racing. And I actually felt oh, like yeah. I was struggling to breathe because I was thinking about everything that I had to do. And it's like, wait, you know how to mm-hmm. defeat this. You talk about this. This is what you've been doing for five years, talking about right. formation and simple living and intentional living, and you're not doing it. And so that's why I feel like it is in these humble moments. And I'm not trying to call myself humble, but I'm experiencing what it looks like on the other side of what I've been talking about. And it's, it's not fun. There's no freedom there. It's hard. Yes. Yes. But I, it's so good for you to talk about that, for us to talk about that, because I think what's the, the big difference mm-hmm. between me and somebody who likes to talk about habits and, or a celebrity that somebody mm-hmm. just listens to. It's like a celebrity is probably inherently beautiful. People like to follow them. They just want to look at them. Some, it's just them. Like, and, yeah. and, you know, it's fine. There's something wonderful there. Um, there's also something really dangerous there. It's it's that you can't imitate that. You can't be that person's body. You'll never have that voice or that look. It's just what what we're talking about is broken people who have messed up and have figured out there are better ways to live. And anybody yeah. can do this. Like mm-hmm. a- anybody can. I am not worth reading because I'm so great. 
I think my book is worth reading and your podcast is worth listening to because we talk about things that people can imitate. And Mm -hmm. evidence of that is when I fall off the rails, as I continually do. I remember just being really impatient with my sons actually last night and thinking I'm the guy who's writing a book on habits of the household. And here I am walking around grumpy and frustrated with my boys. And, and yet those are healthy moments for me to remember that, oh yeah, and I don't have to choose that. I can pause for a moment. I can be patient for a moment. Let me, let me go back into the person I want to be. And that's the power of good parenting habits. They interrupt our instinctual bad habits and mm-hmm. open up new opportunities and ways of living together. And that's exactly what we're all looking for. Yeah, a hundred percent. What is one thing that you want readers to take away from reading your book? I really want readers to take new practices away from reading my books. So yes, there's theory. I want them to realize that habits are forming most of their life. And as such, habits of the household are forming most of their kid's life. But I try to pack the book with details. Like here are some habits for moments of discipline. Here's some habits for your marriage, for your work life, for your conversation life with your kids. Most of all, and I tell readers this at the beginning of the book, I want you to underline this book, spill coffee or wine on it, like keep it in your diaper bag. I want it to be bent up because I'm hoping it's more of a manual for Mm -hmm. parenting with good habits than it is, you know, a a kind of book you sit down in an armchair and read on a cozy Sunday. So I want people to come away with new practices. This I write practice-based books. They're full of ideas. And the greatest gift anybody could ever give me is say, oh, we started this cool new family rhythm because of what we read in your book. And that would just be, that would be, you know, music to my ears. Cause that's what I'm trying to give people small little habits that can change big family dynamics. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I'm really, I haven't read your book yet, but I'm very excited to go through it. And again, just as we're going into the winter season, I think it's a nice time to reflect when everything's dormant and just have that time to be present and think. I am looking forward to reading this this season. It's a great time, like December and and the turn to the new year. December and the new year are such a good time to think about this stuff because I would advise anyone listening that, New Year's resolutions are usually uh, so-so at best. New Year's Mm -hmm. habits Mm -hmm. are great. Thinking in terms of habits of the new year, what's a key habit or two that you want to start? So much more powerful than thinking about a big checkoff goal for the year. So Mm -hmm. I think the turn of the year is a great time to be thinking about new family habits. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Well, Justin, where can they grab a copy of your book if they want to read it? You can find me uh, at justinwhitmoreearly.com and you can find my other books and other writings there, or you can go to habitsofthehousehold.com to read about this specific book. I'm also on Instagram. I'm, I'm on some other places, but I'm most responsive on, on Instagram if they want to check out um, pictures of my real family. And I post a lot of ideas there and um, just sort of things for people to think about too. So I'm at Justin Whitmore Early. And I would love for people to find me, reach out, send me an email. I welcome all of that. And I promise I will respond at least eventually. <laughs> Great. Well, do you have time? I have two questions I ask every guest and I'm, I'd love to know your answers as being the third dad. I'm like, I want to hear the dad answers. Yes, I'm ready for them. Okay. So my two questions that I ask every guest, what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week? Definitely laundry. So our the thing that I'm working on with the boys, this is kind of funny. I don't know if everybody will approve, but I'm finding um, 
separating, folding, and putting away all the boys' clothes is just phenomenally difficult because they're so close in age that they all look the same. And they, they ride them so hard that I'm like, what's the point of folding? So our new <laughs> minimalist thing has been, we dump all the clothes onto the laundry table. All four boys have to come. They pick out their clothes and they go put them in their drawers mm -hmm. and they don't have to fold them because they're going to get them wrinkled anyway. And I'm realizing, oh my gosh, laundry can get done so much faster when they all do it. And I talked about this in the book. It's so good to teach your kids how to work. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, and it can be fun and, you know, we can throw clothes at each other, but, but they have to do the job. And I'm realizing I just saved my, you know, my wife and I literally hours oh, by yeah. getting them to do what they can do. And just by sacrificing this weird idea of, I don't know why I fold a little boy's t-shirt. I just, uh, you know, some people more power to you if you do, but, but it's just simplified the rhythm to be like, just put it in your drawer. Oh yeah. We do not fold in my household. It just seems to be a huge waste of time. I, for some reason, my boys love to just take everything out of their drawers all the time. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Why. So yeah. Laundry is our minimalist moment right now. Um, all right. Well, my last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? And this can be in the minimalist intentional living space or just something you're really excited about. Oh, that's good. Um, right now I can't stop talking about moments of reconciliation with your kids oh. mm -hmm. and your spouse I, that's kind of a mouthful so maybe mm -hmm. a weird answer but i have found in our stage of life and in marriage conflict and difficulty around the house is just a given and a norm i mean kids are going to fight marriages mm -hmm. are hard living together you put anybody in a room close together and it's just hard so mm -hmm. I, I i think i'm like moving to a place where i'm admitting that you know, conflict and needing, you know, small moments of discipline is just the norm of life. That's a given. Mm -hmm. What's not a given is after those things, do you reconcile? And so I've been thinking a lot about habits of saying sorry better and, and saying, I forgive you in ways that you mean it and having small ways of hugging each other, spending time together after a moment of conflict or, or discipline, because reconciliation is, is a choice. Conflict's mm -hmm. a given, but reconciliation is a choice. And that's become really meaningful to our family recently because we, you know, we we're like any other family, we've got a lot of issues, but mm -hmm. coming back together and saying, Hey, I love you anyway. Just like I said, in that little nighttime exchange, mm -hmm. I love you no matter what good things you do, love you no matter what bad things you do. Mm -hmm. I want that to be the story of our house. And so little habits of reconciliation, can't stop talking about them. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. I feel like I can be so prideful because you just want to be right, especially when you're running a household together or doing this together. And so it's harder to want to set your pride aside, but it honestly is the best thing that you can do for your marriage, just saying, I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm all on board with that answer. Yes, it is. It is. We all, and we all need that reminder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Justin, thank you again for your time today. This was a wonderful conversation and I hope people check out your new book and your past book too. It sounds wonderful as well. So I just appreciate your time today. Thanks, Diane. I really enjoyed it. What did you think of the episode? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.